now, for all of those listening from around the world, this is the moment you've been waiting for. It's time! And now, introducing the host, a strength and conditioning coach, real estate investor, athlete manager, and amateur food critic. He stands five feet, 11 inches tall, and he's on the road to 185 pounds. Podcasting from around the world by way of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome back to another episode of the Road to 185 show. I am your host, Jared Saavedra. Today is going to be the first solo episode of this season. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you and talking to you about my personal, you know, transformation, reinvention and transition going through, you know, different careers and adding, you know, multiple revenue streams and building, trying to build businesses with the, the people that I love. So for those of you that know me, know that my background is in sport performance. I've been a sport performance coach for the last 12 years. I have a sport performance facility in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia with my wife about a couple years ago. And all honesty, this was the best experience I could have ever had. And although it was a struggle at first, it's definitely paid off dividends and really pushed me out of my comfort zone for sure. So moving to Atlanta from Albuquerque already, if you've been to both places, you already know what kind of a culture shock it really is. And but you also know that there, you know, there's a lot of resources, a lot of opportunities in Atlanta. And so my original goal by moving to Atlanta was to open a facility. So I wanted to, you know, essentially contract out of different gyms as my own brand and just kind of just build and build and build to the point to where I was going to open a facility. That was the original plan. And as it began, as it started that way, COVID hits, right? And so COVID was one of these things where you know, it was unknown. The future was unknown. And it kind of made myself, my wife really think about what we want to do with our lives as kind of, you know, moving forward, what kind of things that we wanted to, you know, what what do we saw in our future and how we wanted to build it. Right. So for those who know me as well, my mother is a was a general contractor in Albuquerque. She's built some amazing homes. She's done a great job in that space and I've learned a lot from her. And one of the reasons that I was even interested in moving to Atlanta was that, you know, her and I would watch HGTV all the time growing up and watching shows like Property Virgins 
and you know house hunters international these shows and a lot of them were based out of atlanta and it was ever since then that i was just interested in in atlanta i knew you know they had a great sports scene great entertainment but the real estate with you know the colonial style houses all these things really really sparked my interest so i've always had this type of you know uh interest towards atlanta and so during this time during covid we were watching YouTube quite a bit about, you know, about personal finance, about real estate investing, stuff like that. And we just kind of decided on kind of a spur of the moment. You know what? This is the time. This is the time to learn different skill sets. I don't know when we'll, we will have this type of idle time at home to, to learn as much as, as we can in a particular field or area that is outside of what we've been doing. So with the resources that I had, you know, looking for, you know, to YouTube and some of the people that I follow on there, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I want to flip a house. I always see it, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they just do so many cool things. And it's like, hey, this is the time. I definitely want to flip a house. And it's, it was a scary market at the time. This is, I'm, I'm saying this is that, that April of 2020. So this was when everything was getting really, really crazy, but I knew I wanted to do something. And I knew the only way to truly learn is to actually just dive all in. And so with learning, it, it's, it's a steep learning, learning curve when it comes to renovating homes and flipping homes, especially when you're dealing with a lot of money, you're dealing with a lot of risk, you're dealing, you're doing something that you don't have a, it really much expertise in. And not only that, you're in a city where you don't have many connections in real estate. So there, you know, it kind of began the process of, okay, you know, based on what I know, based on, you know, I, I have decent networking skills, right? So I, you know, tried to reach out to as many real estate agents as I possibly could. And I met one at the gym and I had asked her, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to flip a house. I know, you know, the market's pretty crazy right now. And it's, 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 uh, you know, the market's not crash, but it's, it's, everything's at a discount price at this moment. And, you know, she had told me, hey, like, I would love to help you but I think there's somebody better for you. When people say these types of things, you have to respect that because for someone to, she could have easily said, hey, I can do it, I can help you. But for her to tell me, hey, I know someone who may be better suited for this as opposed to myself. I'd love to help you with anything else, but with this particular thing, I know the guy. So she gave me his contact information and Ever since then, it was, I mean, we were communicating back and forth and looking at different different options. And based on some of the strategies that I had learned through YouTube, through some of the people that I follow and listen to, I was, you know, sending him, you know, different houses. Hey, what do you think about this one? You know, I know, you know, Decatur is a up and coming area, I'm, you know, somewhat familiar with it. We have some friends around the area. So, you know, how, what does this look like? And there was a home that was a three and two. It was a little over 1,300 square feet. And I said, okay, this, this, one looks, this one looks all right. And the house was originally listed at 160. All right, so it kind of fit our price range. We knew that the houses that were being renovated and fixed up in the area were around 260 to 275-ish. 
And so again, we don't necessarily know how much needs to go into this house because we don't, we just don't really know. Right. So, you know, we asked our realtor, Hey, like, you know, we'd like to put in an offer. And he said, okay, I'll, I'm going to try to get it down as much as I possibly can. And I said, yeah, you know, let's get to that bottom number. Like, what would they let it go for? And so with this particular house and these owners, it was two brothers and their father um, was the one that passed away and, and just kind of gave it to both of them, but they wanted to get rid of it. They were renting it. It was being rented. It was absolutely disgusting. It was trashed out. It smelled like dog piss and there was fleas everywhere. It was gross, right? My wife actually, when we saw the property, she didn't even go inside. She couldn't even go inside because it smelled that bad. It was gross. But again, you're trying to find properties that you can add value to and, you know, to, to make it pay off in the end, right? So he said, okay, you know, I'm gonna try to get that bottom number down. And so he kind of just called that realtor and said, hey, like, what will your clients let it go for? And he said, you know, well, we're going to let it go for 132. That'll probably be their bottom number. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so all of a sudden we're under contract. And as you know, you know, being under contract, it's, it's a binding contract. You're legally obligated to, to buy this thing, right? Uh, if it's, if it's, especially if it's after your due diligence period, which is a period of time where you, you go in, you get your inspectors, you get all those things done. And at this time, again, we didn't have any contractors. So all we did was, all we did was do the inspection and try to find out if there was any major pressing things like, um, foundational issues, any of those types of big, big, big ticket items that we knew that, you know, hey, we, we're not going to mess with this one. This one's too much. But th- we knew this thing needed almost everything, but we just wanted to make sure that it wasn't anything extremely bad that would, you know, bite us later on. And so we got, you know, after the due diligence period, we, yeah, we're under contract. And it was at that point that it says, okay, now we're, we're pretty locked into this. And we had a we had already been kind of pre-approved by a lender, which if you are if you're out there and you are really interested in flipping a home, make sure that your lender or it, even if you have the slightest bit of interest in real estate investing and you know you're talking about certain strategies, uh, make sure that you talk to your lender about about what your what your financial goals are when it comes to real estate. It's really important. And yes, you you need to be truthful. You know, if you plan to move into a house, you need to actually move into the house. Um, but I think it's really important for you to tell, you know, your your lender what you're looking to do. And so, you know, talking to our the lender at the time, she had said, you know, hey, we're good to go. Uh, you know, you have to give them access to obviously your credit, your bank account statements. They get to see all, you know, what goes on, especially in those last, you know, month or so, last couple of weeks, what goes on with your bank account. And so everything was going great. Everything was going great. We had already paid our earnest money. And if you don't know what earnest money is, it's just, it's just pretty much a, like a, um, kind of a, a down payment per se. But if you do not follow through with purchasing the home after the due diligence period, you lose this money. So we had already put that money in 
And so everything was going great until maybe the last, you know, two or three days before we uh, before we closed on the house. Our lender said, hey, Jared, uh, I see that you, you know, you have four or five thousand dollars in, you know, credit card fees or, you know, your, your credit card. I need you to pay those off. And it really bothered me because at this time in particular, uh, they knew about all of this going into it. Right. They knew about all. I had the same amount uh, of credit card debt the entire process. So it wasn't like I just did something, a big purchase or whatnot. But she had just told me, hey, you need to pay this off. And I said, I'm not I'm not paying this off. I, I need this capital in order for me to to renovate this home. So um, and they said, well, you need to do it or we don't close. And so I was talking to one of my to one of my friends and, you know, he said, man, you know, if you could find another like another partner or whatnot. And luckily for me, I had a partner that I thought of right away. And basically she said, you know what, let's just let's just go cash and I'll definitely help you as much as I possibly can. I believe in you. I know I've seen what you've done with your other businesses and I want to invest in you. And I believe that even though you're a beginner at this, that you'll do really well with it. And so that put even more pressure on me because, yeah, you know, we're buying this house in cash and, you know, this person believes in me enough to, to give me that money and, you know, do this. It was it was a lot of pressure on my wife and I, for sure. So after that, we we closed. Everything was good with it. Then it was the process of hiring contractors hiring contractors is probably the hardest part of the entire process as much as the the due diligence and the whole like being under contract part is very frustrating and nerve-wracking for sure hiring contractors is by far the hardest so at the time we probably called about 25 contractors and we literally only heard back from about 12 and out of the 12, only about half of them actually showed up to look at the project. And out of that, out of those six, we only got two or three full quotes. So it was a nightmare having to deal, you know, playing, uh, you know, just trying to trying to hunt down these these contractors. Right. And kind of learning throughout the whole entire process about it. And so we we're definitely started off pretty frustrated. We had some of the, the two estimates that we did get were super high, ridiculously high. And that's kind of the other thing is when I, I believe when people know that you're new to something, that it's really easy to take advantage of them, especially when they're especially when it comes to real estate and, you know, materials and labor, they can just gouge you. Right. They can gouge you and you have no idea because you're 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 new and that's why it's really important to find a mentor without a doubt and so we got one offer later on that says hey like you know i'll definitely work with you you were, we're a, a fairly new we're a fairly new company as well um and you know we we want to work with you we want to build a relationship with you and so we're like okay you know and they wrote they wrote out kind of what the estimate was you know they wrote out a contract Hey, this is what we're going to do here. Here are the phases. It was very simple, very, very simple and straightforward. It was all, it, it was too simple. 
and straightforward. It should have been a little bit more complex and a little bit more detailed. But hey, you know, we, we did it. We, you know, put the down payment in and literally the next day after closing, those guys were already there. They were, you know, demo had, you know, getting that a the dumpster there, everything literally the next day. So we were like, OK, this is you know, this is cool. They're getting after it right away. I know they're trying to prove to us that they they want our business in the future. They understood what our our plans were. So they were cool. But as kind of time went on and we started making a little bit bigger payments, uh, these guys started ghosting. They just started ghosting completely. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't call me back. They wouldn't write back. We had a group chat. None of them would respond. And I'm like, this is this is really weird. And I'm always referring back to the contract like, OK, I made a mistake of paying some of these things ahead of time, even though, you know, their explanation of it seemed logical. I shouldn't have done half of those things. Right. So I shouldn't. It, everything was supposed to be paid upon completion. A hundred percent. Nothing was up front uh, at all. And so for like the roof, for example, they needed to finish the roof. They needed to, you know, do all the electrical, all the HVAC, everything to kind of that roof needed to protect all of those systems that were right underneath that. Right. So it just made logical sense to make some of the bigger payments. And they're like, you know, we're going to knock out the roof and then finish electrical, blah, 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 blah. Right. So with that being said, I felt I felt confident with it at the time. It made sense. But again they started kind of ghosting and it came down to a point where they had stripped the roof of all the shingles but the roof was still exposed and i was looking at the weather channel and i thought you know what like it's supposed to rain over there and these guys this is this roof isn't covered at all and so i texted them and i said hey fellas like i need to know I need to know what what's going on, man. Like it's supposed to rain tomorrow, and it, nothing's nothing's covered, and I don't want anything in the house. I don't want there to be any leaks or anything like that. And they never even wrote back. So I actually went to Home Depot later that night. It was like a Friday night. It was super late, right before they closed. I bought a, a tarp, and then I drove to the house. It's, it was about forty five minutes away from where we were living at the time. I drove 45 minutes to get over there to put the tarp on top of the house. And I was pissed. I was furious. And yeah, I, I was I was I was very pissed off. And so I went went ahead and just just, uh, you know, terminated our contract. I sent them an email just, hey, guys, I'm not going to this. This isn't this isn't good. This isn't good business at all. I don't I don't really care for this whatsoever. I didn't hear back for a few days. And then I, you know, found myself in a total struggle and mess with, you know, the credit card company that I was using to um, to pay all their, you know, they they would send they would send their their bills and invoices on uh, it was square. They would send it on Square. I would take care of it with my credit card because I wanted to, to get the miles, obviously, from it. And so making some of those bigger payments, I had to prove a lot to, to the credit card company that what they had done and what they were doing just was not cool and it wasn't right and I needed to get my money back. And so 
Capital One was awesome. They rewarded me with all a majority of my money back. And the only ones that, that I couldn't get back are all the things that, again, goes back to the detail of the contract. There was a lot of things that I had paid for um, in the contract that weren't 100% complete. And so, again, that falls back on me and, and my fault. And this, this is just learning, right? And so overall i've probably we probably lost about you know 25,000 30,000 from this from from these particular contractors so fast forward to the next month had to hire someone else they came in they did a good job it still was a struggle to get to the finish line but we did and it we just we happened to finish at a at a great time and there were houses around the area that have just raised in value. So this was like that post. This was like that. Uh, this was that part of the of of the pandemic when everything just began to just start shooting up in value. And so we. And although I I believe that it's really difficult to time the market, um, we just we just happened to time it well on on accident. Uh, this project wasn't supposed to take as long, but it did. So we just we just timed it. Um, you know, you can't really time it, but we just it, it just happened. It just was meant to be, and we sold. We ended up selling it for three fifty, and so we made a, a decent chunk of change there. And from that point on, it was like it was. Even though we just flipped one house, it took about ten months altogether with closing, getting it all. It took about ten months, and that project should have been about four or five. And I'm telling you right now, like. Even though we just flipped that one house, it felt like five flips because we started from scratch, completely from scratch. We did everything. Every single thing in that house was brand new. Everything. So we got to see everything from the absolute studs all the way to the finish. And it wasn't planned initially to do that, but it just it just happened to just to get to be that way. And so, you know, we made it even though we made, you know, some decent change it was more of the learning experience and you know having to deal with the stress that we did not knowing how much things would cost and we didn't really have like a, a, a true set budget with this project so everything i mean we just counted our pennies and at the very end i had maxed out both of our credit cards to get this thing done and i literally it, it was very stressful so that's not something I would recommend to anybody is maxing out both your credit cards, especially in the fashion that we did and not having, you know, being deep in savings and whatnot. And yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that at all. But at the end of the day, like I'm kind of glad that we did because we learned, we got to learn so much from it that we had to count, you know, materials. We had to really understand how much materials cost. We have to really understand how much labor labor costs, and then also the opportunity cost. Just how much our own time is worth, right? Because we had to go to this property sometimes two or three times a day, and again, it's you know with traffic, it's about 40, 45 minutes away from where we are living. So you have to account for all those hours put in to do this project. So it's not just you know making how much we made, but it's also the time that it took to do all these things. So you also have to consider that it's not just something super simple like, hey, we start this, I, you know, you put your money into a contractor and then you just see it at the very end. It usually doesn't go that way and it shouldn't go that way. It should be to where you are 
even though you have a contractor in place, like you still have to manage the property as well. You still have to make sure that you are abiding by a contract and that you are sticking to that contract and you are making, you know, both parties have to be accountable for the contract at the end of the day. So that's kind of brings me to my next tip and piece of advice is get a real estate lawyer involved in your contract. All right, if you can find somewhat of a template online and have a, a really good real estate lawyer look over it and and try to and, and try to make it try to make it good for both parties. And when I say good for both parties, it can't just be super one-sided to, to you and it definitely can't be super one-sided to the contractor. It has it has to be some some middle ground or it's it's just not a fair and just contract. So I strongly suggest you get a contract, have it detailed and, you know, payments structured. I would, if giving you advice, I would definitely come up with some kind of compensation plan as far as if, if these people get this project done in a certain amount of time, they get X. Or if they are late on the project for whatever reason, if it's, if it's something that's, you know, not weather not any of those types of permits, stuff like that, because that does slow down and delay the project. I strongly suggest that you uh, you deduct after that for the final payment that you actually deduct a certain amount. Maybe it's per day, if it's per week, that really incentivizes them to, to get done when they need to get done. Because what a lot of people don't understand, especially when you are flipping a home is our holding costs or the these other costs that you don't even think about because the longer that you hold on to these properties without selling them or without refinancing them you're paying on the mortgage and you're paying on the insurance and you're, you continue to pay every single month so not only did you and a lot of that goes to, to interest right because it's the very very beginning of your mortgage so not Although we bought this one with cash, we've done other ones where we've had to use a mortgage on it. And it's, you know, it's the same thing. Those initial payments, a lot of it goes straight to interest. So you're essentially losing that money, right? So that being said, it's truly important to, to find a great team, a great real estate agent. And, you know, it's something that although we were extremely relieved that it was over, it, it was just kind of the beginning for us. And, you know, I've, again, my background is in strength conditioning and this whole experience got me so interested in, you know, not only real estate investing, but financial literacy. And it was a lot of these things that I'm learning. I'm kind of upset at myself and kind of just the system that we have in the U.S. when it comes to financial literacy and education, we don't get any of these things. We're not taught about how to leverage debt or taxes. We're not taught any of these things. So it's just, we're just kind of flying by the, the, the seam of our pants, essentially, right? So that, that it just opened my eyes completely. And so having to deal with things like, you know, capital gains, all these other things that made me more interested in learning from people who in the real estate fields who have been doing this for a while, you know, do it on the side. I don't, I don't ever expect for, or maybe not, I don't know, to do this really full time. You know, I'm still passionate about coaching and about sport performance, but for this to, to be kind of our side hustle and something that me and my wife enjoy doing together, although it's difficult working with your spouse or working with family, it's actually it's actually better for us because we actually get to enjoy the fruits of our labor after the fact. 
we worked super hard for those months now we get to go travel and we get to go do things together which to us is a hundred percent worth it so this has been kind of you know my transition i know you know by my by me posting about our progress and stuff i've gotten so much feedback and responses from you all that it's been like whoa like this is why I really want to start this this channel and podcast and platform is because I want to be able to teach my own personal experiences and things that I've learned about stuff that people ask me about that I'm just I'm still a beginner at a lot of these things, but I may just be a couple of steps ahead. And for those people who are interested in diving into something like this, I want to create a platform and get experts in these, you know, these various fields when it comes to, you know, financing or taxes or side hustles or any type of other financial literacy um, thing I want to be able to to get to teach people whether it's from myself or whether it's people who are experts in those areas so that is why I want to I'm, I'm starting this platform and so this is about our first flip and kind of how we transitioned into real estate investors over the pandemic. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to have a lot more coming on. So, you know, if there's something that you have questions about, do not hesitate to reach out, write me. I can make little five minute segments, little five minute uh, question and answer episodes all the time going kind of moving forward so you're going to hear a lot more from me and you're going to hear some from some awesome people that i'm going to have on this podcast so hope you all enjoyed it make sure if you need to contact me for any reason all my contact information will be in the description below appreciate you all and hope you guys have a blessed day